Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Forever Grind, uh, the podcast where a couple of old folk talk about video games and other things, mostly video games. Um, I am one of your hosts, Angela Brown, and joining us today is my co-host... Matthew Tickier, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm here. The man, the myth, the legend, who had his birthday yesterday. He's so, hooray. Oh, I'm, you don't I'm, want to I'm, mention I'm that? I'm 32 now, yes. That's right, exactly, you're 21. Yes. Um, so, yeah, welcome to our fifth, our fifth iteration. We've made it to five. I think it's five. Bigger and better. Know. Yes, yeah, I believe it's the right. fifth. That's right. Live free and grind hard. Mm. Um, so, so we've been away for a little bit, uh, and we've we've missed a couple of things. But you know, life. We've been negligent. <laughs> we've been a little negligent, but we're back uh, with a little Christmas present for your little Christmas stockings. So, if you want to tune out the rellos and not off on the couch, well, this is our gift to you. Have a listen, or go on your walk and. Have a listen to our dulcet tones while we'll unwrap some presents for you. <laughs> uh, you know, our opinions. Yay. I have lots so, of them. Oh, we, we have plenty. We have many, many, many opinions, especially about video games. So, um, look, we might open up with our usual segment on the news of the week, month, three months. Oh, no, I think it's been about two months. Two months. It's been two months, but I don't think a lot has happened. Uh, I think we had something interesting happen in the world of video games this week. Uh, so um, it, it appears that there was like some sort of cyber attack against uh, one of Sony's first party studios, Insomniac. Uh, my understanding is that um, a lot of sensitive information got out there, you know, people's passports for people who worked there and uh, bank account details, personal information, that kind of stuff. Uh, I believe a playable, at least slice of the new Wolverine game that's not due to come out for about two years got released. Um, and I believe, I believe it was probably most... You know, from what I've read, you know, it's one of those things where they hack someone and they go, hey, if you don't pay us money, we're going to release your uh, information. And, and so they have been slowly releasing information and it had all kinds of things like, you know, how much different games sold and how much they cost to make and their plans for the next couple of years and how Sony feels about certain things and their competitors and all that kind of juicy gossip. It's not the first time uh, that that, you know, something related to Sony, you know, has happened. They got hacked, or oh, it was a long time ago now, like oh, 10 years ago. ago. Yeah, oh. it probably would be about 10 years ago, but that was Sony across the board, whereas mm. you said this is just Insomniac, yeah, whereas that last one was basically, it was no, Sony. Sony had Sony two music. different, Sony had two different ones. There was the Sony Pictures one, yeah. where, you know, the emails from Paul Reiser came out where he was... <laughs> Very distraught that the fi that he couldn't purchase the final season of Mad About You on DVD or whatever, and and I don't blame him. I mean, you know, it's classic. Uh, did you know that Paul Rice's mother, when she went to watch the premiere of Aliens, stood up and applauded his death? <laughs> she was so happy that he died during that because he was such a bastard. Anyways, wow. Um, and yeah, there was also the other time that Sony you know, um, PlayStation Network got hacked and everyone's credit card numbers 
got released and they gave everyone like three games free or something like that. Oh, yeah. okay. And that was when, you know, PlayStation Network was down for like, it was near Christmas time and it was like for yes. two weeks there was no PlayStation oh, Network. That's right. It was whenever yes. Drive Club released because I remember Drive Club was an online racing game and nobody could play it. So Yeah, yeah. And um, your Microsoft has been a bit unreliable the last couple of days, so which, you know, oh, just the first thing you think of <laughs> just yesterday. But obviously it's Christmas time and... Uh, I guess this is uh didn't didn't you say this is a time where uh what do they call them? Threat actors. Threat actors. Trying yes. to hack into systems. Threat actors. Isn't that what they're called? Rogue actors, threat actors, yes, whatever you want right. to call them. They're they're all out there. This is the perfect time of year. If you wanna hack something, most most, you know, competent staff are on leave. Um don't call them my Microsoft. I don't own them. Uh I wish I did. I'd be filthy rich. But uh yeah, it's it's a great time if, if you want to hack and cause ha- chaos. It's now is mm. the time to do it. Yeah. Mm. Well, there but you go. Uh, yeah, that was that was probably the biggest thing that's happened in the news. I mean, obviously we're at the end of the year and lots of people are talking about you know awards and things like that for games. So I suppose there was that game awards, uh, you know, show that that gets hosted every year. Is there much to say about that? I will say that it improves year on year. Oh, it's definitely in a better place than it was. Yeah, I really used to. I used to think it was just really cringy. It was. It's a lot better now. Like it's um, oh, it's still a bit cringy how they'll just rope in a Hollywood actor to kind of come out and make a splash, and it can be yeah. a little bit cringy because usually they don't know why they're there or what they're doing. Or um, Keanu Reeves can appear anywhere at any time. Ever, forever, because Keanu Reeves is the greatest. So he's allowed to appear at the Video Game Awards. Okay. However, yeah, well, wouldn't you agree? Keanu Reeves is allowed. Yeah, oh, well, sure, why not? I mean, at least he's in some video games, right? So. Well, yeah, he was in Cyberpunk. It was a pretty decent reveal. It's pretty cool. Crowd lost it. I lost it. He was in The Path of Neo. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a video game. He was in arguably. Bill and he was in Bill and Ted's for the NES. Technically, I mean, it wasn't him. Was he? But, was it well, a digitised voice? Wasn't, it wasn't. No, it wasn't him. But they had oh. pictures of him. It's, it's oh, him. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He's got fair, a long history fair. going way back into video games. <laughs> he, he has cred. He yeah. has solid video game cred. There you go. Um, but yeah, the, the at least the award ceremonies, I think when they take it seriously as they do, mm. or it's got a bit more serious tone, I think it's a lot better. Before it was a little bit Steve Buscemi coming out saying, what is up, fellow oh, teenagers? Man, I, I'd love to know? see Steve Buscemi come out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I reckon he'd be great. Too. But um, how do you do, fellow <laughs> He's kids? Also allowed. Um, yeah, that's right. It would feel a little mm. bit like that if, you know, it, it, it used to feel a bit like that and now it feels a little bit more like they're trying to, yeah. legitimize it and i think it's a, a lot better viewing they yeah. could do with less uh 10 minutes of kojima talking about nothing and giving more time to the people accepting awards and not pa- playing oh. them off after 30 seconds oh That's... i know i know i know they just run a video that just announces all the all of the nominees and then there's 10 minutes of trailers and yeah wild interviews trailers i understand things got to pay for the bills right and i love seeing new trailers and things i haven't seen before but let people accept their awards 
Yeah, true. Mm. So Baldur's Gate swept swept the awards this year, didn't it? Yeah, sure did. I mean, I haven't played it yet, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. Uh, mm. We'll get to it. Um, get around to it. I've got, I've, I'm, I don't know. I'm double, double, triple parked at the moment, so I don't know if I'll get around to it. But... What are you triple parked with? Well, I still haven't played Octopath Traveler and the new Like a Dragon comes out in January and that needs to be prioritised. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm knee-deep in another game right now and, uh, yeah. yeah, There's another one there I haven't played as well. So many games we haven't played. Yeah, I know. I'll get around to it. I've got to stop falling asleep on the couch and I might actually finish them. But, yeah, Boulder's Gate, you can tell me about it. Uh, when I get there. So yeah, when got... you get there, you can tell me all about it. <laughs> ah, life is so busy. Um, nobody, mm-hmm. nobody has time for these things. Um, right. I, I must make time uh, by never sleeping again. Um, so should we talk about what we're playing? Mm, mm. What are yes. you playing? Uh, okay, well, we're starting with me. Since we last spoke, um, I, I think I had... I think it was maybe 10 to 15 hours into 13 Sentinels. And I will just, I did finish it. It's fairly short. Uh, when I say short, maybe, I don't know. I think 50 or so hours got me to the end. Um, there's a bit of content to unlock if you want to go. It's not a traditional new game plus, but they do have something like that. Um, I will say this about 13 Sentinels. There's no other game out there like it. Um, and if they decided to make a movie with this story it would be pretty incredible because the story it's it's the most intricate detailed twisting story um and it's so detailed that i just couldn't even keep on top of it it's just such an intricate universe so it's really it's a really really cool uh science fiction story um yeah, so you play it for the story. It's really not about the gameplay as such. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the story as it, as it progressed. Uh, so I really had a lot more fun with 13 Sentinels than I thought I would initially. It was really cool. But I, I, I knocked that off. And then I picked up Persona 5 Tactica, which was another relatively, I think, 40 hours knocked that one off. Um, I haven't played the DLC. Um, it's a bit... Um, it's a turn-based strategy. It's uh, it's kind of similar to Mario v. Rabbids. Very much the same type of... Um, Fook v. Rabbids. That's what I say. Fook v. Rabbids. <laughs> yeah. We like rabbits. Oh, rabbits are okay. Uh, we do not like minions. No, we do not like minions. We but... do not like minions on this podcast. I'm going to get a little t-shirt and I'll wear it next time. I fucking hate minions. Dead minion on your t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That, that just gave me a little bit of joy. Mm. Um, no, I don't mind rabbits. They're all right. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's very much Mario v. Rabbids style, hide behind a, a uh, you know, hide behind something um, and progress through a map. Mm. Um, and that, that was fun. Um, you know, it was, that's another game that with a few more hours it, progressively got better and better they do introduce a lot of new stuff as you go on and you've really got to get to at least halfway through the game before it starts to get really fun and interesting um good fun not much to it um 
Visually, it was a little underwhelming when you've played a lot of Persona games and they spend a lot of time on the visual style. It lacked a little polish. Um, the And the music wasn't as wasn't as cool either. I think we were commenting the other day. I reckon mm. they rang out the B team for the music on this one, um, which is which is okay. A couple of songs are fun. Um, so, yeah, so I smashed through that one. And then I... I started up a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, um, Star o- the Star Ocean 2 remake. Um, and that is the fir- this is my first time playing this Star Ocean because obviously we didn't really get much access to these games way back when. Would you say you're um, dipping your toe in the ocean? Oh, lol. <laughs> you're going, you're, yes. you're, you're submerging yourself in, in the ocean. I'm immersed in the ocean okay, of stars. Okay. Um, it's it's um, it's an interesting game. The story is pretty hackneyed, as a lot of these RP, these JRPGs are. It's it's hinting at some fun. I haven't reached it yet though, because I'm only about <laughs> twenty five hours in. This game is going to be massive. So next time we talk, I'll probably still be playing it. What's the main character's Dude. name? Um, so because <laughs> he says classic, it a lot, <laughs> he does, and he also says his middle initial. And everyone addresses him with the middle initial. I notice. No, he addresses himself as oh, the okay. middle initial when he introduces himself to new characters, which, as it turns out, happens all the time. His name is Claude. Claude C. Kenny. Mm. Don't forget the C. Yeah. So that's how he introduces himself, Claude C. Kenny. Claude C. Kenny. Everyone's got to have a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's his thing. Um, and so far, pretty bog standard story. Uh, they're a party and they've got a mission to uncover a, a nasty, nasty thing in the world and they're going to go find it. Um, but the actual gameplay is really, really interesting because there's a um, an, like a skill, a whole skill engine, I guess. There's a whole um, series of skills that you develop over the game. Um, there's about 25 of them. It's insane. So each skill has a series of talents that underlie the skill. So there's between kind of two to three talents for each skill Um, and any character you can unlock the skill for but the underlying talents you need to have as well and then those talents cross over with other skills so there's a really complex skill tree that um, but the actual skills themselves are heaps of fun there's everything from pickpocketing they they all add some value in some way Um, so, but you've only got a limited amount of points. You've got to be careful how you spend it. So that's really where the fun is in the game is working out what skills to unlock at what time and how to judiciously use your points. Um, there's other ones like cooking, of course. Fishing, of course. I unlocked that first because I couldn't help myself. Um, and, but then there's other things like compounding, you know, um, loads and loads of stuff. So, that happened in World War Two, didn't it? Compounding. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bad joke. Poor taste. Okay. Yeah. Poor taste. Poor Sorry. Taste. Maybe we should cut that one out. <laughs> Actually, the really fun ones are writing and art. So in art, you draw portraits. And I'm 
they don't seem to add much value yet, but I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I'm not a very sophisticated player. There'll be some some nerd on a forum somewhere going, you need to do portrait B. You have to do that. But I'm just not very good. Um, there's a writing skill as well, which is pretty fun. The writing skill, you write, um, you write your own novels and get them appraised. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty wacky. Uh, yeah, so there's lots and lots to do. Um, you obviously develop uh, other combat skills as well and uh, the actual battle system is real-time and it's tough. It's tough. It's not, um, it's not an easy ride. You've got to be pretty clever in how you level up your, each of your party members. And what I have discovered by accident, because the game certainly doesn't tell you, is that you're only allowed to have a certain amount of people in your broader party. So you have four in your battle party, which is pretty normal. Um, but you meet characters as you progress through the game, but you can't keep them all. So at some point, if you just accept everybody that you meet, you're going to run out of room in your broader party and you may miss out on really cool characters. Um, and the game doesn't really tell you that, so I'm glad I found that tidbit out. Uh, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, it, it's, it's detailed. It, it keeps making me fall asleep when I play it at night because it's, it's intense. Um, but it's, it's, it's really nicely done. They've done, a, they've done it nicely. The backgrounds have been really beautifully done and then the main characters' sprites on this kind of 3D background, a realistic 3D background. So it's fun. It's, it's nice. Uh, they've done a good job as far as a remake is concerned. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to smashing that over Christmas. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. So you've played heaps in the last... Two months or oh, so, you've it's smashed through a few. A busy time of year for new releases, right? So, uh, I've played a couple. Uh, I played through Spider Man Two, which again is like Spider Man, uh, like Spider Man One, but with two Spider Men. And um, does that make it Miles. twice as good? Yeah, Miles Morales. Yeah? yeah, yeah. Does it make it twice as good? No, no. Does it make it better than the first one? Well, it is more refined uh, and. There are less of, um, well, there were some boring side missions in the first one, I felt. Like, it was the same boring kind of side missions over and over, and they've definitely improved upon that. There's more variety, and they're more fun. Uh, it's a really well-polished game. It has a nice little story going on. Uh, it's, it's not going to change your world, but it's an absolutely great game. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those games that is... It's hard to talk about critically because it's just so polished. Like, you know, they've, they've obviously spent a lot of time on it. They've sat it down in front of a lot of people and go and gone, what do you think about this? What could we do to make this better? What, what, you know, and they've just chipped away at it and polished and shot it up all real nice. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't say it was one of the best games of the year, but it was definitely an enjoyable experience and, and well worth the price of entry. Um, I think if anyone's played any of those kind of games, they kind of know what they're getting into. So uh, outside of that, uh, I have played... What have I played? I've played Robocop. Yeah. Have you seen the... I know you've seen the... I'm looking through the camera now. Have you seen Robocop? I'm not talking Robocop 
two or three or whatever. Have you seen Robo? It's pretty awesome, right? Like, it's pretty good. This game amazing. is ro- what Robocop 2 should have been. Uh, it's what Robocop 3 wishes it could be. Um, it is a fantastic continuation. It's set between the first... Uh, set just after the second Robocop movie. And the world that it builds is that Detroit. That horrible, you know, putrid uh, place to live. Just like it is in real life. But... But in the movies, you know, it's that 80s Detroit. It's not today Detroit where people, you know, don't have clean water. It's the 80s Detroit where they had clean water, but they were all doing nuke. So, um, it, it's, it doesn't... Except it's like, it's the 80s view of futuristic Detroit. That's what you're getting, right? It's not... No, they haven't built the futuristic Detroit yet, right? They want to knock down Detroit and build the futuristic Detroit. Yeah, I guess. Delta yeah. City. Or, or like an alternative, an alternative yeah. Detroit through the eyes of an 80s. Yes, you know, yes. Yeah. Well, is it that different? I don't know. But um, so they do an amazing job of visualizing that time and place. And they do a good job of making you feel like you're this indestructible police officer you know, just walking through buildings and just headshotting dude after dude while the the fantastic music plays. And that's all I wanted. It's not the deepest game. It's not the, you know, it's not going to change your world. But if you want to enjoy feeling like Robocop, there's no complaints there. Like, it... it it's it's from start to finish great and there's some absurd stuff in there just like in the RoboCop movies you know there was always absurd things going on you know if you want you can do side quests you can go and issue tickets to you know parking tickets as RoboCop or or rescue <laughs> a cat yeah or rescue a cat well you're there to serve the public trust so if you want to yeah you can just go around and find things parked in front of fire hydrants and issue tickets and <laughs> and and whatnot and yeah you know like yeah save a cat from up a tree or something like that you know and it's just it's great i know there'll be people out there who say look this is a you know 70 dollar game it's a lot to pay for something that's not a you know 100 hour game or something like that but if you like RoboCop and you don't play this game, you're an idiot. So don't be an idiot. Go play RoboCop. You have fun with it, isn't it? It's worth its money. If it you is had to fun me. With it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I hope I hope I get a sequel because it was that much fun. Mm. Um, the villain in it's uh, a bit. Yeah. He's basically just Hans Gruber. They've just gone. You know what? We need a good villain. Who was a good villain? <laughs> we'll, we'll make Hans Gruber. So. Um, then the last game I've played is Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake was a game that I really loved about 13 years ago. Uh, was very unlikely to get a sequel, but here we are today. It's part of um, the company that makes it is called Remedy, and they have like a extended universe, you know, like your Marvel Cinematic Universe, where all their games, Control and Alan Wake, and to some lesser extent, Quantum Break, because they don't own that, uh, etc., Max Payne, etc., all sort of link in together. Uh, it was worth the wait. It is fantastic, and I'll talk about it more later, I think. But if you like um, 
I wouldn't quite call it in the same caliber as say your Resident Evils or or whatever. But if you like a like a actiony psychological horror kind of game that will keep you on the edge of your seat and mess with your mind if you don't mind a little non-linear story storytelling, that is the place to be. You know, like it's the polar opposite of RoboCop. Robocop is, hey, hey, you want to shoot shit and you want to have fun and, and have a great time. And Alan Wake is still a great time, but, you know, there's one part of the game where you're walking through a retirement home, like a, you know, old folks center. Mm-hmm. Fucking scary as, man. Like, on the, the edge of my seat. So, wow. um, yeah. So those are the three games that I've played. Um, I would like to get around to Baldur's Gate at some point, but... I'm just worried I'm not going to like it. Like, Game of the year. Why won't you like it? You know, just because something is popular doesn't mean I'll like it. Uh, oh. You know, I mean... You and your rarefied tastes. <laughs> I'm a man of culture, baby. And uh, <laughs> it's just not my bag sometimes. Like, I love Dungeons & Dragons as a as a thing. You know, I used to read books about them and, you know, have play the game as a kid and, and all that stuff. But when I tried to get into, say, Baldur's Gate 2 on the PC and that, maybe I got in at the wrong time, too late or something, I, I struggled to get into it. And I used to play a lot of Dungeons & Dragons games, like the old TSR gold box games, you know, on um, on the PC. And even used to make my own. There was like a D&D, you know, construction set. And, you know, I would share a disc with my friends and we'd share them around and go on adventures and stuff. And that was great. But um, I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot because it looks like it's it's got a big budget and it looks like maybe there's a bit more like Dragon Age to it than just rolling a yeah. dial. Uh, we'll, okay. s- we'll see. I, I'm just a little bit nervous. I am going to play it. I'm going to buy it on the Xbox and I'm going to give it a shot. But mm. So that's Fair what enough. I've been playing. So there we cool. go. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, w- because we're probably a little late... Well, mm. we're nearly two months late. We were going to talk about, a while back, we are going to talk about scary, scary games in, uh, in honour of Halloween. So, look, we already compiled a few, so we thought we'd talk about it, um, about scariest games in honour of Halloween. Um, and I, don't, I think... I don't think they have to be the scariest games. I think they need to be good quality great games for Halloween or, or, you know, if you're in the mood at Christmas time to be scared. Okay. That, that, that Not the works. scariest. That yeah. Me. I'm sure there's yeah, some okay. horrible, scary ones out there that like with giant spiders that I don't want to deal with, but yeah. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's plenty with giant spiders. What's the game I played recently with a really giant spider that freaked you out? I don't know, but I'm going to say this. There's that Lord of the Rings game. With the, with the giant spider, and the giant spider turns into the sexy lady, and I don't like that. I don't like really? when you mix... Yeah, Shelob, whatever the giant spider is, oh, turns into the, the sexy game. lady, it and I don't like my sexy ladies being spiders. That does things with my head, and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm indifferent. I don't like it. They did it in Dark Souls as well, and I don't like it. So Keep, it's just... In, an insight into the uh, the people who made the game, don't you think? I don't like it at all. Well, that's anyway, right. everyone has their fetishes. Everyone Not has that their one. fetishes, I guess. <laughs> yep, yep. 
No, it was Xenoblade. That's right. There's always, every Xenoblade has a banging big fuck-off spider that you have to fight at some every point. Every video game has giant <laughs> fucking spiders, and it drives me crazy. And You always seem to walk in just as I'm about to battle one, and it always freaks you out because it's, uh, it's always a really powerful enemy as well. I'm going to put a screenshot in here of there's this stage in Bloodborne, right, where you make your way up to this giant castle, and as you walk through the front of the castle's doors, there's a giant fucking spider just sitting there hanging from the ceiling. Oh. And the entire castle is just full of giant spiders. Oh. And there's little babies. And I don't like it. I don't no. like it. It's the least favorite no. part of that game. And I love that game. That game can get fucked. So. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah, bam. Yeah. If I'm supreme ruler of the universe, we're banning giant spiders from games. Okay, so giant spiders, too scary. Little too spiders, scary. just annoying. But giant yeah. ones, I don't like it. Too scary. They don't bother me. Giant spiders are kind of well, cool, you actually. You can deal with them. Though. I'm pretty happy to fight a giant spider. They're always good fun. I'm happy to fight a sexy lady. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to fight a sexy lady necessarily, but I don't think I get an option. But I you, think, unfortunately... But you could. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, bad people in JRPGs often sexy lady. Just like you in know. real life. Mm, sure. <laughs> um, I think you were going to... Um, oh. I know you played Dead Space. Oh, so good. I don't know. like. And that seems scary. I remember uh, when you played the original. I remember you playing it. And I reckon I what, played it before it you and I got together. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you were playing two. Or maybe two, you two maybe them. two maybe when, yeah, or yeah. maybe I was, but yeah, uh, great game. Like the first Dead Space, you could see that they played Resident Evil Four, and they went, "This is a really good action game, horror action slash horror," um, and that's kind of what they went for in space, right? And this remaster, they changed a few little things around, you know, to mess with your expectations, but it is very faithful. And it's just, like, the whole game... In, in the previous one, you would travel from parts of the ship to parts of the ship, and it would stop and it would load and, and all that kind of stuff. This is just one seamless thing from start to end. And it does a really good job of making the game parts of it subtle, right? Like, they did, they did a good job in the first one, right? Instead of having a health bar on the screen... You know, there's a, like a thing on your character that shows damage and, and stuff like that, your life bar. And, you know, when, you, when you're moving through, there's no real GUI that you're seeing on screen. It's all just happening, and, and I appreciate that. Sorry, um, I was just having a giggle at how nerdy that sounds. There's no on-screen display. And, no. yeah, and, and, you know, like some games will have an on-screen display and then, you know, if they're, yeah. if they're clever, they'll slowly fade it out when there's nothing action-y happening, you know, and then bring it back up. Uh, but generally, most games have these big giant bars and numbers on the screen at all times and stuff. And this does none of that. And, like, even when you go to purchase upgrades because there are shops, right, automated shops, you're dealing with an interface in the game to do it. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, and, and when there's people talking to you over, you know, uh, comlink or whatever, you know, it projects out the picture in front of your character's thing so you can walk around and the, and the, mm. the gooey, yeah, it's, it's sitting there just floating in air. And, and it's just a really good world in which they build. And it's an unsettling world because 
not so much the visuals, which are really strong and, and really like the enemies look horrible and blah, blah, blah. But the sounds, it's the sound effects and the just constant things in the back of like, you know, there's this, it's, it's hard to say, but you know, parts of the ship, there'll be weird kind of murmuring and chattering and whispering. And, you know, occasionally you'll hear the sounds of something and or the sounds of someone, you know, just fucking with you, you know, and, and it's just subtle because you'll go like, Oh shit, there must be some, Oh no, there's nothing there. You know? Um, and, and that was a really good game. And it's one of my favorite horror games. Or I don't know if you call them horror, but, you know. Um, I think it counts as horror. Event Horizon, right? Yeah, it's very I mean, Event Horizon, a, yes. Event Horizon. Liberate me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, yes. You hear those. I mean, mind you, most of the voices from that are limited to when you mm. watch watch the watch the playback of when all the shit went down. But, uh, but Dead Space, it kind of reveals some of the plot points that way anyway, doesn't it? Mm. By, you know, as you unpack the plot, as you walk through, you yeah. know, as you go through. Well, it does the thing where, you know, mm. obviously the more time people spend on that ship, the less sane they get. And so obviously the main character gets less and less sane and you can trust less of what's going on and all that kind of mm. stuff. It's, it's good fun. What about you? Do you have a favourite um, or, or one that you really like? Oh, look, scare-wise, um, for many, 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 many years, I said Resident Evil 2 was my favourite game. It really was my favourite game for a really long time. Um, and I was just thinking that it's one of those rare games because I love horror movies. I love, 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 love them. Apparently, this is not common. I don't know. I was talking to some people at work the other day. There were about 10 people gathered around and I was the only one who liked horror movies. I really thought more people liked them. Then again, my work is probably not an accurate representation of broader society. It's probably, you know, might have been a bit swayed. Uh, but I love horror movies, so it means I love games that try and recreate some some of those kind of beats from, from horror movies. And Resident Evil 2 did that really well because it had a couple of really decent jump scares in it. And I remember at the time I used to work in a video game store, and so I borrowed... Resident Evil 2. I ended up playing it. No, look. Did you put, put it, it back there. on the shelf and then sell it for full price? Shit, yes, I did. I looked after it. Shit, yes, I did. Uh, I used to do it all the time. I used to borrow the game overnight, give it a crack, bring it back the next day, sell it. What I'm are you so, going to do? I'm so sorry. You can't do anything everyone. about it. That was in the year 1999. What are you going to do now? Such, can't a petty, do shit. such a petty crim, isn't she? <laughs> if you worked in a video game store, you would do exactly the same thing. None Absolutely of the games not. sealed. Absolutely if the game was not. sealed, if the game was sealed, I wouldn't play it. But if it was, if it was, I'm not here to judge. Come... I'm not judging you. Oh, mate, I don't care if you're judging. Judge away. I played them. Um, but Resident Evil 2, I did buy because one night in, I went, this game's amazing. So I bought myself a copy. And, um, yeah, I'll never forget the first jump scare. It's about three in the morning. And, um, you know, when you're walking through one of the first corridors in the game and, um, and the liquor jumps out of the skylight and goes, Psh! and, um, yeah, yeah, I do remember jumping a good few feet in the air. That was a really decent jump scare. But Resident Evil 2 in general was just an awesome um, good combo of action and scare, I thought. 
um, absolutely loved it, played the shit out of it. And yet um, you've and... not played the remake. I know, I know. I'm scared. It's good. <laughs> I finished it. I, I never played the first one. Yeah, I've got to. I, I do need to. I always thought two was pretty vastly superior to the first one. The first one was lots of fun, but um, and four was good too. I never finished it though. You've you've played four. Four many, is the best. Many times. Yeah. I, I own seventy copies of that game. Yeah, but two has a very special place in my heart because it's just uh, it was just the right place, right time. Um, but uh, and you know we've mentioned Alien, um, Alien trilogy before for Saturn. That was that was a scary game that you'd play, you know, at two in the morning, mm-hmm. and there'd be aliens on the other side of the door. That was good fun. Um, but the one that gets me definitely scariest, as in I actually found it quite unsettling, is in the first Silent Hill when you know the game's foggy, and as we know, it was foggy due to technical reasons, but it added to the it added to the atmosphere when you first enter the uh, hospital in Silent Hill and it's dark in there and it's pretty unsettling and you're going, oh, yeah, this is a good atmosphere. And then you first see in the shadows some of the nurses with the, you know, the fetuses on their back when you see them shuffling around. That definitely, that was a good scare. That was definitely scary. What an atmosphere. Oh, my God, Silent Hill. Um, No Resident Evil 2, but as far as grotesque imagery was concerned, that first Silent Hill definitely took the cake for me way back when. Um, And I haven't really played Silent Hill much since, to be honest. So I know they've been up and down and they've gone in some wild directions in in Silent Hill, but that first game, I'll never forget that. It was hard too. Or when you're in the fog as, as the game opens and, you know, bats, massive vampire bats are just dive bombing you that was uh that was good fun yeah hmm. yeah I, I didn't play a lot of those games because i didn't have a playstation at the start so i missed a lot of those games but definitely played the remake of resident evil 2 and that was really good the Res- remake of resident evil 4 this year was also very good um i don't think uh, i don't think it replaces the original resident evil 4 i think they sit side by side and they're kind of just different enough like but they're they're both really good, you know. Good good sound bites. What are you buying? You know, what are you selling? Oh, there's a sound uh, bite. Hey, I what's still he saying? Say that. <laughs> he goes, what does he say? Does he say howdy stranger or does he say Yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, I don't know. I oh, no, it's the it's the what are you buying was the one that stuck in my head because I was lucky enough I worked at Nintendo when the game an early uh version of it. Um, I got to, I got to, oh no, I just left Nintendo, but I still knew people who worked there and they said, we've got Resident Evil 4 and I got to go to uh, one of the workers from Nintendo, one of, we got to go to his house and have a, have a crack at it. That was fun. Amazing GameCube game, right? Like it it was so impressive. So good. Uh, So good. And fancy an Australian character. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, you know. He's supposed to be Australian, isn't he? I don't know. He definitely sounds Australian. Hey, very ocker. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've got a few good... Oh, I, can't, I don't know why I can't remember his quotes now, but, um, you know. We'll insert a few at the end when we talk yeah. about sound bites. yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. But definitely Alien Isolation was a great game. You were talking about Alien Trilogy. Alien Isolation scared the bejesus out of me. I played it with headphones on in the middle of the night. You walked in one night and I... <laughs> 
That was I not. That. that was not good. I've never been as scared in my life as that moment. I don't know if you just walked in and started talking to me, and I, you know, just shit myself. But um, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was on the edge of my seat, and then someone at like it would have been midnight plus walked into the room, and yeah, I just jumped. No, it was uh, me. Yeah, it was me. It did a great yeah. job because it was you were powerless against this giant alien, and you know you were trying to make your way through. Uh, it was a really good looking game and sounding game, and you're just worried that the alien's going to get you in the vents or get you at any point. Uh, I think by the end of the game, like maybe it overstayed its welcome just a little bit because by the end of it, I was like, I'm not scared anymore. I've died too many times to be scared. Um, but it, it was really good. Uh, Silent Hill 2 Remake was really good, but I wasn't scared at any point. It was oh. like, I just, I don't know. There are some games out there that I haven't played that I would really like to play. I haven't played uh, Amnesia. I haven't played Soma. I would like to play those games. I hear Soma's quite um, psychologically horrifying. Um, yeah, so those are games I would like to play. Um, other games, you know, I, I highly recommend Bell and Wonderworld at... at uh, <laughs> It's a horror game, right? Like that's that can't be, that can't be a real game. That's the worst game I've ever seen in my life. Don't don't play that game, boys and girls. Yeah, that, that game's fucked. Yeah, that, that is the shittest game I've seen. Like the fact that someone made that game and put it out and then sold it, they should be ashamed of themselves. Hey, our son played it. He Even, was seriously playing it. He enjoyed it. No, he didn't. He was doing it to spite us. He was definitely trolling at some point. One hundred percent trolled us it. by yeah. playing, by making us buy that game and playing that game. He was oh. trolling us the entire time. Oh, that game is so fucked. Have you ever seen a Silent Hill movie? Oh, you know what I have. I went I to the movies to see that. Is it any good? Not really. It's got Sean Bain in it, hasn't it? I think so. And there's an Australian actress in it. She was Rada Mitchell. Was that was she the one who was in it, Rada Mitchell? Yeah, I think so. In Don't yeah, know. it wasn't bad, but yeah, when I was footloose and fancy free back in the day, I used to go see any horror movie that came out. Did you see so Alone I... in the Dark with Christian Slater? No, I did not, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that went straight to video. Oh, that's a shame. I think they made and a sequel. Also, and also, it looked shit. <laughs> I have you not watched, watched it. every video nasty. There was a horror movie, mate. You wouldn't leave the house. Fair, you gotta fair be, enough. You've got to be selective to a certain extent. Like, yeah. Um, is that a UA bowl? Mm, Alone in the dark. I don't reckon it. Oh, look, I can't speak with authority on this, uh, but um, could be. It, it, it could be. Could I be, feel yeah, like well. it's not, but it could mm. be. From uh, the same, from the same twisted minds as yeah. similar to UA Bowl. For, from your favourite director of Jason Statham, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, geez, geez, they made some weird movie. Oh yeah, that was some real mid, you know, two thousands stuff. That yeah. was UA Bowl's like nineties to two thousands. Bread yeah, and yeah. bread and butter, yeah. Yeah, Dungeon totally Keeper, now. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Did he make a and postal that... movie or something as well? Oh really? With oh, Gary wow. Coleman or something? I don't know. <gasps> oh my god. Well, we should now watch them you all... while we got time off work. 
You've all got some homework now. Head off and watch these pieces of shit and have some fun. Send us, send us an email. Tell us what you think. So going from talking about pieces of shit to something good, mm. I reckon it's been a great year for video games. Mm. Right? I've, played some, I've played some bangers. Um, I'd like to think that I only play the bangers. I don't waste my time with the shit ones, but occasionally I do. So, um, would you like to say, you know, what were the best games that we've played this year? Or what is something that happened this year that is worth noting? Um, my best game, well, best game is in the one I had the most fun with, for sure, um, was Advance Wars 2. Gotta, um, gotta have fun with that. It's just, it's Unexpected. just fun. It's just a fun game. It's uncomplicated and fun. I did um, not expect that. No, yeah, it's probably the one I had most fun with. Um, I had loads of fun with the Xenoblade DLC, but, you know, of course, because Xenoblade 3 is a fucking masterpiece. Um, but just as a game, I probably had the most fun with Advance Wars, but I've loved a lot of the games I've played this year. I've... Um, I was a bit disappointed by Fire Emblem Engage, I won't lie, but, mm. you know, I smashed through that at the start of this year. So a couple were – I was expecting more from that one. That's fair enough. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's nice when you pick up a game and you're not expecting much and you just it's just a bit of, you know, something to kill the time. Yep. But um, I forgot how awesome the Advance Wars games were and had fun with that. It was a really nice remake. Um, I'd say runner-up, um, just fun – Fun-wise, mm. um, God, it was fun picking up Theatre Rhythm again. The Theatre Rhythm that they bought out for the Switch, which effectively is the last Theatre Rhythm. It had um, a lot of songs in it, didn't it? Oh, loads. And I didn't even finish it, really, because it's stunningly hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Previous Theatre Rhythms have come out on the 3DS, and the 3DS is an awesome platform mm. for a rhythm music game because, you know, you use the stylus, whereas this is the first one. It's on the Switch. Um, and you end up doing it professional style, which is with buttons. That's the way all the pros do it. Um, but my reflexes do not match the pros. And, uh, yeah, it made it significantly harder, I think. Um, it's not to say that you can't just finish it. You can finish it, but if you want to... 100% is definitely a bridge too far. I think even if you want to finish at least all the songs on every difficulty level. It was beyond my capability this time around, whereas on the 3DS ones, I played the shit out of them, and then I managed to do it after lots and lots of heartache. But this one was just, nah, some of these are just full on. But it's just such a fun game, and listening to these incredible Final Fantasy tracks um, over and over, you know, from every Final Fantasy game, and this theatre rhythm had Every Final Fantasy game it wasn't just the mainline entries. Um, there was the music from, um, you know, like from Mystic Quest and um, from the, and then the remixes from other theater rhythms were in this theater rhythm. Um, yeah, and also weirdo other entries like that that zero one and yeah. Anyway, some of them had some really cool tunes. So just uh, it played it a bit in Japan and it's a really cool way if you just want to unwind and just play something fun that was really cool so that's my special mention 
Um, yeah, but you played heaps this year. You mm. would have a lot on your list. I did. I, I don't know if I played heaps, but I played some really good games. And while you're talking about the music from Final Fantasy, I did enjoy Final Fantasy 16 this year. Wouldn't be my best mm. game of the year, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think they did a really good job of taking, you know, they've been moving further away from the turn-based and they've been moving to the action stuff. And I felt like Final Fantasy XV, the combat wasn't fun. I felt the combat in this one was good. It really encouraged you to try different things. So um, it's not like in the other Final Fantasy games where you generally, you know, you learn a fire spell and an ice spell and whatever. There were there were things called icons, which are sort of like... Um, espers or whatever from different final fantasies and when you took on their powers then you would unlock certain fighting abilities and it kind of made it a bit like devil may cry or bayonetta Mm. uh, without the depth but you could mix and match the different icons so you know you could use something that that had a fire attack and then switch to an ice attack and then switch to wind or something like that and you could bring them all together but it was visually a, a stunning game i think they they made it look almost too good for the PlayStation 5 in that in the, you know, there's a normal graphics mode and there's a performance mode. I tried to play it in performance mode and it just was so erratic, even with a variable refresh display and whatnot. I was like, I can't hand, like it's breaking my brain because in one second it's going 60 frames a second, then it's 30, then it's 45. And it was just all over the place and stick it on um, 30. It was much better, but uh, the music in that game is just top-notch. Really good. Uh, my favourite game of the year, without a doubt, Alan Wake 2. Got some recency bi- bias there, you know. I just finished playing it. Uh, I'm pl- doing my second playthrough now because after about three weeks, they released a new game plus for it, which adds new stuff and a new ending and whatnot, uh, which works well into the narrative. It's just really well done. It's like, uh, if you don't know what Alan Wake is about, it's about a guy who's a writer. He's not a particularly good writer. He's like, you know, when you go to the airport and you see a book and you're like, oh, I could read that on this flight this week. Um, Yeah, like that kind of poor man Stephen King. Um, So he's trapped under a lake or in a, a, like, mystical lake where, you know... um, there's this evil that's just corrupting him and he's trying to escape and he's right, trying to write his way out of it. Uh, it's, it's very hard to explain, right? But this one, it's um, you, there's two main characters. There's an FBI agent who's trying to find Alan and figure out what's going on. And there's Alan. And in Alan's levels, um, they're very... Reality is distorted. And you can do things in the game to change the reality. So, for example, um, you know, you might be in a um, New York kind of setting, a gritty uh, noir-esque kind of crime novel. And, you know, he'll get an idea to implement something into that story. And by writing that in, you know, you bring in uh, a new level over the top of the existing level and it will just change the world and allow you to do different things. Um, but it's fun. There is some crazy stuff going on in that game that just needs to be seen to be believed. Um, 
It's got a great soundtrack. Our son, our son mm. has really enjoyed the soundtrack, <laughs> that's for sure. He uh, keeps inviting me to listen to that 13 really? song on yeah. Spotify. Yes, he does. Oh, he wakes up sorry. in the morning. It's seven in the morning. He's like, can we listen to the old gods, old gods of, of Asgard? Asgard? Yes. Like, Legends. Yes. Look, it's cool, though. Um, I it's cooler when you what they're doing. It's cooler when you see it in the game actually happening. Yeah. Um, because I've no doubt. You know, um, the, the guy who makes these games or the director of these games, his best friend um, has a fairly famous, what are they, Swedish or Finnish or whatever band. And, um, oh, really? Yeah, so they're called the Poets of the Fall and they're quite popular over there, right? Oh. Uh, and they have toured and stuff. Um, but they have a alternative band, you know, like a like um, a different version of themselves where they instead of being say Swedish, they're like Finnish, and they they're the old gods of Asgard, and you know one's got an eye patch, and you know it's Odin and Thor and stuff, and they've been making games in their oh, music in these games across the the you know universe. So in Control, there's a um, an amazing scene where you get to this part and it's a maze and you cannot solve the maze, right? But at some point you get something that helps you solve the maze and it's like a Walkman and you put the Walkman on and you put it... And as the music plays, the maze rearranges itself as you run through this maze just shooting enemies and, and flying through the air and stuff. And it's a really good scene. And in the first Alan Wake, there was a scene where, um, you know, there's like a... Uh, festival going on or there was going to be a festival going on in the middle of the night and Alan to fight away the darkness he turns all the pyrotechnics and stuff on and you know the music starts playing and you're shooting all the things and in this one there's a scene like that but it's just so elaborate and amazing and you get to run through and do things and it's all related to the actual story that is going on the words of the lyrics and all that kind of stuff uh, they did play at the uh, video game awards, but I think that if you don't have the context, you'd be just scratching your head, going, "What is this? What is going on right now?" Um, yeah, so that is my favorite game of the year. Uh, my second favorite game of the year, despite how much I loved Resident Evil Four Remake and Dead Space remakes, they were remakes. I think I really enjoyed Jedi Survivor. I liked it a lot more than the first one, and it's probably the best Star Wars thing I've played. Ever, it's even better than mm. Knights of the Old Republic, which was amazing. But that game is mm. severely dated. Um, this game just made you feel like you were playing in that world, in the good world, not the not the bad Star Wars. You know what I'm talking about. You know, yes. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there was three Star Wars movies that were really good. Yeah, it's like yeah. being in those movies. I like to think that every other Star Wars thing, it's just called Disney Plus. Now. Hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I've said this to you before and I'll say it again. As much as I did not like the prequels, I'll take them over the shit that just came out the last 10 years. Oh, certainly the last one. <sighs> Those last couple of movies were, oh. what they did to my boy Luke. Oh, oh, oh my God. Anyways. Horrible, horrible. Uh, so that. Alan Wake 2, if you've never played Alan Wake 1, I don't care, go buy Alan Wake 2. If you buy Alan Wake 2 right now, you get Alan Wake 1 for free, the remaster. It's nice. a good deal. You should go buy and it. And buy Jedi Survivor. And you should buy Jedi Survivor. The one thing I will say is that there's no physical version of Alan Wake 2, which makes me 
very sad and I'm sure puts a lot of people off buying it because I prefer to buy physical copies. But I might do a limited run though later. Maybe down the track. But all I'm saying is that if you have the opportunity to buy it, you should buy it because it took 13 years to get a sequel. And if this one doesn't make any money, they're not going to finish the story. And I need to know how it ends. I need oh, to know. So, it, so they don't close off the story? I don't want to spoil anything for our three listeners. But the first game ends on a fantastic cliffhanger, right? He says this line and you're like... <gasps> And it's like a cold end, right? I haven't finished New Game Plus, so I don't know what happens at the end of it right now. But at the end, when I got to it, it basically repeated the cold, like a double down on that cold ending. Like it was like, no, yeah, like the first game ends with, uh, I think he he says something like, it's not a lake, it's an ocean, right? Because he's trapped in the lake and he realizes, oh no, this is much bigger and more difficult than whatever. And this one ends with, it's not a loop, it's a spiral. <laughs> so, because he thinks he's stuck in a loop, repeating the same things. Uh, so, spoiler alert there. Um, yeah, and, and throughout the past two games, there's been this visualization of a spiral, like e everywhere here and there, like on a door or something like that that you can't enter and stuff. So, it kind of all works in. But I'm like, there better be a freaking third one to finish this off because you can't do this to me. I can't wait 13 years for another sequel. There you go. Everyone, buy Alan Wake 2 for Christmas. Buy it ask for me. <laughs> yeah. Ask so, for it by name. <laughs> ask for it by name so that Matthew Tecchio can get the story ending he deserves. Yes, and listen to the old gods of Asgard on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for me. I've listened enough. Thank you. She's got, fact, she's got a good, she's got great musical taste. She? My wife. That's Me. you. Yeah. Angela, <laughs> right, she. Yeah, hello. Yeah, I'm saying she has great musical taste. And. No, I appreciate I appreciate the music because even though I haven't played the game. You haven't heard you Dark know, Ocean Summoning music, yet. The music satirizes quite a few music genres. So, you know, you can appreciate it you know, on um, its own. What's that song? What's that song? Um... Oh. How can I? Um, something Sun. Something Sun. Well, yeah. that narrows it down. You know, it was used in like all, all the freaking um, Thor movies or whatever. Oh, I don't know. Did anyone pay attention? I don't know. Obviously not think you. Think of it later, I'm sure. No, 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 I didn't pay attention. Except yeah. for the second one. That's what you paid? A, you paid attention. That's the one nobody paid attention to. No, Thought, I paid attention. It was horrible. Thought too. I couldn't tell you a thing about that movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's the music sounds great. Yeah. Um. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called. Immigrants. Immig oh, immigrant song. 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 Yeah. Immigrant song. Immigrant They're, song. Yeah. It's just close enough. It's one letter off. Anyways, immigrant song. Dark Ocean Summoning. I'll play it for you later. It's a great yeah, okay. riff on it. Anyways, yeah. let's move Everyone on. Everyone loves Zeps. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Yes. What, else, what else has happened this year? What have we done? Well, I think the only other things that are worth mentioning, well, it's worth mentioning that three days ago, three days ago, three days ago, um, our son's been waiting. He plays this game. He's been playing this game for... Yes. How was he? 11. 11. So... He, he would have been playing for about six years 
Good. No kidding. Um, six years and still loves it. Uh, called Geometry Dash. It, it cost us three bucks six years ago. Best money it's ever. a um, a game creator, a level creator, basic platformers, but people, you, the actual engine itself is pretty powerful and gives you lots of options. And people make some extraordinary platformers out of it. And they're all in. They're, they're, there's two things. One, they're all insanely hard. Um, and two, it's about the music. So the idea is, is that you're creating levels that align with the music and the music blows. It's so bad. Anyway, unfortunately, this game has influenced the type of music that our son likes. And he likes all of that horrible bro Skrillex kind of noise shit. But uh, look, if you like it, by all means, it's shouldn't call it shit, but it's look, it's just not my jam. All right. It's not my jam, but it's our son's jam. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's Geometry Dash. It's very popular, um, and this update, we've not, he's our son's been waiting for it for quite some time. And during the week, he heard a rumor that the this long-awaited update was coming out, and uh, and it dropped a couple of days ago. And he spontaneously burst into happy tears and sobbed. <laughs> It was like the because Nintendo you... 64 kid. I've got video of it, oh. and he just lost his mind. I've, yeah, yeah, he was sobbing, happy sobbing. Um, yeah, so he's he was playing it, you know, while we were recording this. Um, so he was very happy by that, and we had a bit of a family bet going about um, what was going to come out first: the the single player Star Citizen campaign, the single like Star Citizen. Or Geometry Dash version 2.2. So they're both... Oh, Geometry Dash, how long has 2.2 been in the making? Four About years. eight years? No, Four I don't, years? I don't know. A, a, lo- a long time. A long time. A long time. A long time. It and they kept promised being, and promised. And... It was promised and promised and then it finally dropped. And it looks like it's buggy too, which is a shame. Mm. Uh, but in any case, it has still dropped sooner than Star, uh, Star Citizen. So I lost the bet. Uh, you lost the bet. And we'll continue to. We'll probably get 2.2.1 before don't you get be Star like, Citizen. Don't be like that. Star Citizen oh, is a playable will. game. It is a playable game right now. No, it's not. It is. I could log in right now and play it. That's not a game. It's a tech demo. Mm. Anyway. Um, yeah. Other fun things from this year. We did see... We just thought we'd mention that we saw Big Shark, which is the new Tommy Wiseau movie. <laughs> I had a good time watching Big Shark. Oh, we uh, had the best time. If you if you are up for watching a, a, effectively the second worst movie ever made, I don't know, probably it's a worse movie than The Room. If you're unfamiliar with Tommy Wiseau's work, just say The Room. And if you're unfamiliar with The Room... Check it out on the internet. Read up about it. See it. It's very hard to describe other than the fact that it's a self-funded, worst, terrible movie. It's largely considered the worst movie of all time. And um, they made a Hollywood movie about The Room, which is very well regarded. It's very funny. It's a good movie. Um, called The Disaster Artist. Anyway, the guy who made The Room has made his uh, third Proper movie. Or fourth, arguably, because Best Friends had two parts. That's true. Uh, called Big Shark, which is his take on the disaster movie. And disastrous it is. It is a big uh, movie. Big Shark. It's a big movie and it's a big shark. 
It's a big shark. It is so funny. And the real fun comes from seeing it, it with a live audience of people who are all eagerly waiting to see the worst movie ever made. So we, I would recommend seeing Big Shark, but see if you can see it at the cinemas, if you can. Might be tricky, depending I'm convinced parts of that movie are played in the wrong order. <laughs> oh, that's probably one of the smaller problems the movie has. One of the mm. bigger problems is it's CGI, but that's what makes that's the, the movie best so part much fun. of the movie. Yeah, it's it's you cannot describe it in thirty words or less. I just recommend if you can see it, it's hilarious. It so that was good. that was a good fun thing we did between the last podcast and this one. So there you go, highlights from twenty twenty three. Big Shark. <laughs> yeah, um, the dude from the room is not in it. Oh, uh, Greg Sestero. Greg Sestero is not in Big Shark. But he that's chose okay, wisely. <laughs> yeah, well, he did choose wisely because it's shit house. It's great. Uh, yeah, anyway. Anyway, um, I guess how about we move on to our final segment, which is uh, our most popular, I think. It's got to be the what? sound bites. Sound bites. Well, it is the sound bites. Sound bites. Uh, um, what have you got for us this week or this month or this year? Well, I only had one soundbite that I, I was thinking of mm. uh, since our last podcast, and that was the, uh, I don't know when it popped into my mind, but the classic Out of Bounds on the Full from Aussie Rules Footy on the NES. I don't, yeah, oh. I, I don't think any Australian doesn't know that sound. Out of Bounds on the Full. That's just imprinted in your psych. It's in it's, the DNA, yeah. It is in the DNA. It's in the DNA. We all yep. played that game. We did we all must play have. that game. Yes. Well, we own a copy. I think it's sitting right behind you. Oh, yeah, I can see it. Look, I, I'll mm-hmm. grab it. I'll grab it. We do own it. I can't remember it's, where I bought it. It's I sitting can't right, remember when. right next to the classic Top Gun. <laughs> oh, yeah, so there you go. Now, I can't remember where I picked that up. But, uh, yes. See, there you go. We have a copy of the game. Made in Japan. Made in Japan. Made in Japan, Australian game. Um, Well, Australian content. Um, Yeah. But it's the way he says it, of course. Out of bounds. Under full. So so that was my contribution to Sound Bites this week. That will uh, trigger lots of nostalgia for people, I bet. Um, I think you had one as well. Yeah, well, you know I love Mass Effect. Um, mm. There's there's a thing you can do in the second game. You go to this place where you can purchase stuff. It's like the main gaming hub called the Citadel. And uh, what you can do is you can go into the stores and you can go, hey, how about you give me a discount? Do you know who I am? I'll, I'll, I'll cut you a promo or something. Give me a discount. And so you go into the first store and you say, uh, you know, uh, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favourite store in the Citadel. And you go, okay, I, I get my discount, and you move on. And you go into the next store, and the same option is there. So you can you can do it again. So you cut the same promo, and then you go to the next store, and you do the same thing. And then you come back later, and every time you go into one of these stores, it just repeats your your audio vibe. It's just I think it's hilarious that every store is your favourite store in the Citadel. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favourite store in the Citadel. Uh, um, I don't know why that that worked. Um, Remember yeah. it as well from you playing it. 
I, I also remember like there's one bit scene in the game where you've got a party member called Rex and he's a, not a man of many words, you know, and every time you talk to him, he'll be like, Shepard, because that's your character's name. And so you go up to him and you go, Rex, and he goes, Shepard, and you go, Rex, Shepard, and you can do that back and back as much as you want for some reason. Rex. Shepard. Rex. Shepard. Rex. Um, so th- those are my... Uh, sound. That's my sound bite for this week. I, I should have come better prepared with more sound bites because uh, there that's are right. so many plenty good more. ones. Yes, plenty more, plenty more. Um, so yeah. people should send in their Please favorite do. sound bites to us mm-hmm. uh, on our email address, which I'm going to put right there. So please. Send us in an email. You can give us positive or negative feedback. Uh, but more importantly, let us know which sound bites you cannot live without. So we find it hilarious to listen to these. And um, God knows I need more useless things stuck inside my head. So if you're ready to, you know, kick ass and chew bubble gum, please send us those sound bites <laughs> through. Um, <laughs> So I think that that kind of brings us to an end, doesn't it? We should tell people where they can view us, see us, contact us. Yeah. So my Instagram is Pons Institute, one word. Um, and my Twitch is the same. I'm, and at these holidays, because I've got a little bit of time off, I may bust out some Twitch. World premiere right Premium. here. Boys and girls. <laughs> World premiere. You heard yeah. it first. That's right. This is this is some cutting edge stuff. Yeah. Angela, the Pons Institute, is coming out of retirement. Not a one-time showing, I hope. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and um, if you want to find me doing something stupid, you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Lyriel. I'll put the link below. And uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Matt underscore Techio, T-E-C-C-H-I-O. I'll put that down there as well. Uh, Feel free to reach out and tell me that my ideas and thoughts are invalid. It's always appreciated. Yeah. Or if you've got a suggestion on what I can stream first, normally I do N64 games, but you know. I think you should stream Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I will. I still got a copy of Resident Evil 2 for the PSX, probably sitting up there on that shelf behind you as well. <laughs> I can see, I can see the first one. I can see Silent Hill as well. I can see Parasite no, Eve. Have yours. you played Parasite Eve? I have not played Parasite Eve. That's I remember not when my it came Silent out. Hill. That's your Silent Hill. I was working, Hill. I was working at Video Game Seven when that came out. In fact, let me know. Do you want to hear some stories? They're not very exciting. I can tell you about what it's like to be behind the counter of a video game store. Spoiler alert, shit. But, you know. Spoiler alert, working is shit. So, yeah, you know. Working in general sucks. So, yeah. Sounds like well, she you got some free in... games, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I borrowed them. Mm. I borrowed them and then returned them in saleable condition. Yes, officer, I borrowed this Ferrari. I will return it tomorrow. <laughs> well, to be fair, I borrowed a fair few N64 games and, you know, they outlived the cockroaches. Largely, 
But, uh, yeah, because, you know, with Mario Party, I didn't destroy the cart. I was destroying the palm of my hand from doing the, you know, trying to make the shy guy. Trying to make the shy guy fly. You, you justify it however you want, honey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm fine with it. But, yes, you, you're as yes. welcome. You, you can catch me and the criminal here at our next podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. Savage. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Have a Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you on the other side with some more more chatter. Thanks but, for uh, watching, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you.